We've got a passage of scripture up there today that I'm going to read and, and uh, uh, the thoughts that I will share with you today are, are, uh, are applicable to what we presently, you know, to our present journey and to our future. But the points that I will bring to you are not just applicable to what's taking place here, but they are applicable to your life and my life. Because what's taking place is just life. Okay? Just life in a larger basis, you know, and yet, you know, uh, on, a, on a more smaller basis, it happens in every one of our lives. And... Uh, you know, understanding life can really help to understand what is really going on and why such things, why things are as they are. Why don't I see like I should see? Why can't I figure this out? And uh, uh, these are just kind of normal seasons of life. So the Lord spoke to Moses. How many think we should listen then? Hmm? Saying, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them who may lead them out and bring them in. And I can't preach about all of those particulars this morning that are captured in that statements of the Lord as far as, you know what I mean, the commission of the man. But it's good for not only the man, but it's good for the congregation because he's talking to the congregation. Where was I at? That the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. Wow, that's a powerful thing right there. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit. Lay your hand on him and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and inaugurate him in their sight and you shall give some of your authority to him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. Such is the word of the Lord today. I've entitled this message, The Future is a Gift, or The Gift of the Future. The Gift of the, the yes, The Gift of the Future. Get tongue-tied a little bit. Amen. 
and navigating transitions and of life and and leadership. As creatures, we have been formed in the image of God who works. God works. Therefore, work for us is not cursed. God's work is not cursed, it is blessed. Though the work is sometimes, you know, challenging, it's not trouble-free, but it re fundamentally it remains good. It remains purposeful. And we have been given not only the gift of the future, but the gift also of ability. Think about that. As well as a powerful purpose, a redeemed future that's worth every effort we make in the here and now. The future we live now helps determine the future that will be. So our days are filled with today's. And there are things that we do that are just kind of consumed in the day. And they don't have, as it were, you know what I mean, a real tomorrow to them. But in the midst of that today, there is that which has the tomorrow in it. The tomorrow that of what we've done today will show up. The result will be there. And so Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and verse 24, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Because it is the Lord's Christ you are serving. Everybody say amen. amen. Yeah. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Let me start this morning, not so much about my personal story, not to reflect attention on me, but Melvin prayed and began to reflect on our history. Obviously, there's history before me and my family. But it will be 54 years that I have served this house. I started in ministry in 1967, leading worship, preaching, 
as well as doing everything as a server. You've heard the phrase, a gopher. Go for this, go for that. Well, when this, not only the church, but when this camp was functioning at its high, you know, there was a lot of gopher. And I served those that were my superiors and my seniors, those that were the leadership of, of that time. And I have been the pastor now as the lead pastor for 44 years. And God has ordained new leadership and fresh vision. And so we look today at this passage of scripture that happened in the life of Moses. Now, I'm not quite 120, okay? But there are days I think I feel like 120. But transition is a defined period of time where one phase or period of development ends and another phase or period begins. It is... God bringing us to the future. The events and people in Scripture show us that it was Moses to Joshua, David to Solomon, Elijah to Elisha, Jesus to the disciples, and even Jesus to the Holy Spirit. A transition and a change. This transition frequently is characterized by prolonged periods of doubt, diminished confidence, and even lack of devotion. They're never easy. No. It represents the in-between. It's leaving one thing to embrace another thing. Why these things happen is because we're stepping into a world we do not yet know. It is waiting for the change, which waiting is never easy. Transitions often, you know, develop through a generic pattern. It's not some glory cloud every day. It's very routine. Fact is, it's, it's, no. If it was just routine, we could get it. But it's out of routine. It's letting go of the familiar and embracing the future. It's God's way of getting us to new seasons. Those seasons that he's planned. Those seasons that test us and stretch us. 
but they lead us to the promises of God. How many know that there was mightiness in the wilderness? But there was promises in Canaan. There are transition phases that we go through. The first one we'll talk about this morning is what I call the neutral zone. It's an awakening to change. It's like hearing God's voice. The Lord said to Moses, It's that entry phase. In that entry phase, there is a lull between the past and the future. I don't know if any of you feel it, but I do. I feel the lull. Oftentimes, there's a restlessness. There's an anxiousness. But at the same time, we're moving in to a life direction. The good news is that the chaos of the neutral zone is temporary. It's only temporary. And when I say that this morning, I do not say it from having heard the expression, but I know humanness. It can reach a point where, you know, you have a feeling of a time out. Wait, let's process this. I need more time. That's the neutral zone. And then there's another zone that we come to is what's known as the evaluation phase. This time is a time when you, your memory and history kicks in and you rehearse the past, both the blessings and the struggles. You also will face where you confront wounds that have happened throughout the years. Wounds that, that you had presumed were healed Disappointments is just all part of it. It's where it comes to the forefront, the, the wisdom of past lessons and deep convictions. Not only set in, but I think they rise. So we have a neutral zone, we have an evaluation zone. I don't want to get personal this morning, but how many have been watching him? How many watched him when he did his first communion? He did a fantastic job and he's been doing wonderful. But you have. 
even if you will not admit it to me. So then after that evaluation, the phase is the alignment and surrender phase. It is the point in time when you are willing to surrender to God's agenda. It's important. Because if we focus too much on what we've lost, we will be blind to what we may be gaining. When there is an alignment, something is always given up. Given up in order to gain something that is better for the future. I think God just does better. Yeah. In that period, God begins to lift the fog that's kind of, you know, settled in and brings more clarity to our destiny and in what lies ahead. And the beautiful part of when, if you will surrender and if you will allow the alignment, you will experience revelation. So many want revelation, but they don't want surrender. But in order for revelation, there must be surrender. So not only as individuals, but as a congregation. As we surrender, we will see better. Then we move from the alignment or surrender phase to the direction phase, which we will try to do this morning. We come to crossroads. And then we begin to see, understand and hear the voice of the Lord. He shall go out before them. He shall go in before them. See, God is bigger than the last season of our life. He's bigger than the last season of your life. I forget which prophet wrote and said, this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in his eyes. So God is bigger. And in the transition, God is endeavoring to, to, to align our lives 
for the next season, for the next purpose. And we must not fail in this process. We must not succumb to the challenges and the implications of each phase, you know, that hinder us from moving forward. Because if we do, we will leave behind unfinished business. So we must have a posture of openness. We must ask God to reveal His purposes. And we must reflect on how we can make and be part of the transition. Because it is not just simply about moving Joshua into position. It's moving the thinking of the congregation into position. It is a time sometimes wherein we must wait and we must wait patiently. I would not consider myself a fast-moving leader. But I would consider myself a leader that leads on time. God's time. And in this all, this is not a major, you know what I mean, like, oh, wow, what a revelation. But we really can't go forward, you know, if we're not willing to let go of the past. Not forgetting it, not, not, not that you don't relish it and you don't have memory of it. And, and you go, man, those are wonderful days. And, you know, Pastor Don was really good. Anybody got an amen to that last one? <laughs> I mean, help, I got a heart too. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's you know, it's, it, you're letting go, but you're also reaching. You're trusting God in the one man to now trust God in the other man. Amen. Yes, it brings new challenges. Challenges to our ability to trust God. Because sometimes when you don't know where you're going... It's tough to trust, but that's what it is. There are three major mindsets that keep us from, from transitions. Whether it's here as a group or in your life, and that is comfort. We opt for comfort and convenience over, over the challenge of transition. 
But I think that the future belongs to those who are willing to get off the couch and play the game. To press forward. So we lay the comfort of yesterday's couch in yesterday for the grind on the field today. Another thing that inhibits us is fear. The unknown always carries with it an element of fear. People shrink back from fear. But that's where faith is. Substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There's also where we find the comfort in yesterday's family. But how about tomorrow's family? We just settle in the victories that we have had yesterday rather than fight for the victories of today and tomorrow. So the challenge of change is this. It's confronting the future, dealing with the uncertainties, but also anticipating the possibilities. Hallelujah. In between the, 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 the time that Moses began to share the authority, with Joshua, and eventually when Joshua took over, there was a journey. And they faced crossroads of choices. Some of the choices were, turned out to be a long journey waiting for change. It is very possible that that change can involve loss. Routine seems to go out the way and the normal also is no longer normal. Of course, even in our society, they're saying, you know, what is normal? Is our country ever going to get back to normal? And they call it the new normal. I don't have the answers. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 said, According to the grace of God which was given to me. So we're not in competition. 
Everyone has been, is given grace for their purpose and for their role. This one is not better than the other one, or the other one better than this one. He said, I've laid the foundation and other builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. So we have responsibility, without a doubt. And the last but not least is the changeover zone. Everything that leads up to it. It's when we accept it and we reach for those new beginnings. Because we misunderstand that transition, you know what I mean? It's not merely a bridge, but it is the next part of your life. It's the next season of your life. Anybody went through any change and transitions in your lifetime? Have you found any confusion? You know what I mean? An uncertainty and bewilderment. And even felt like you were in a wilderness. Sure. It's just part of life. But always remember, because of God, the potential to gain is still greater than the potential to lose. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. He is greater than our Past. Make no mistake that the church being together will survive the missteps and the cultural trends of today. Amen. It will. In this changeover zone, we must love the vision, the vision more than the model. Models change, the mission is always the same. When Paul wrote about the gifts that, he, that God gives, he said one does it this way and the other one does it that way. But it's the same spirit. Hallelujah. It's the same spirit. We're not entering into a foreign spirit age. Now, as Melvin recalled in his exhortation, the history is not the history of those before me and the 54 years of Don Schultz and Jan Schultz. Jan's not 50, she wasn't there at 54. 
she was still in a high chair. <laughs> Not quite, but... <laughs> I mean, listen, folks, that's really becoming a benefit right now. You know? <laughs> I can't say I was forward-thinking, but maybe God was, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's not about me. It's not about my father. It's not about even those that, that ran before. It's about God. Amen. And our future, you know what I mean, is, is, is not directly about Doug and Tanya. And it's even not about us as a church. Though it's part of it, it's about God. It's about his legacy. It's about his vision, his dream. That he implanted, you know, in some saints. We got to be close, uh, passing over 90 years when God first went ahead and spoke to those. They were Stockwells, weren't they? Yeah. And there was a pavilion. Everybody, anybody don't know what a pavilion is? Just an old-time tavern. <laughs> it's, it was the nightlife for the world. And that pavilion Saturday night was the world's good time, and on Sunday morning became... The church is in God's good time. So it's about God. I think that's why Paul wrote in Colossians there. You know what I mean? Whatever you do, do, with it, do it with everything you got. You know? Because it's the Lord's doing and it's, it's marvelous in his eyes. Without a doubt, it's tough to balance life. You know, and God's not asking you to become, you know what I mean, throw your job away, throw this away, throw your family away, you know, that's not what he does. But make him and his work a very vital and intimate part of your day because it will enhance your future. Do I miss my glory days? And let me explain that. In that many years, you've seen a variety the variation of the move of God. I've seen it when the, you couldn't keep the people in the pews because they were so energized. <laughs> now I can't get them out of the pews, but it's... <laughs> and I don't mean that totally. With changes, there's changes, you know. But yet, there's there there. I'll tell you this: there's a richness in the spirit of God in the house of God. 
okay, that is greater than it was back, you know what I mean, in those what I would call or refer to as glory days. I'm actually kind of glad God slowed down. And Doug will probably speed it up, get out of here. <laughs> so be encouraged this morning. The gathered church is here to stay. It is. And I want to commend you. that there hasn't been a blip. Blimp, is it? You know, in this whole process to this point. But we're coming closer and closer. Thinking forward. One of the things that the word that, that uh, uh, God gave to my wife was acceleration. Acceleration. Started out with a general idea, you know, and along the way God says, you know what, I'm going to accelerate this thing. And so... The plan is, is that I'm going to, I, I mean, I've been giving him responsibility, but I haven't given him authority. But in July, I'm going to pass some of that authority that Moses said he passed on to Joshua for the congregation. And the congregation began to watch and see and, you know what I mean, uh, 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 um, relate to Joshua. The things that Moses would normally do, Joshua was doing. Moses was still general manager, but... Joshua, he was the field coach that operating and running. Now, Doug will only be part-time in July, but we're going to make him work full-time. <laughs> As the old-timers would say, that's the way I did it. <laughs> If I did it, they can do it. <laughs> but no. So beginning in July, and I'm letting our leadership, our team leaders, individuals know that you'll be relating to Doug and Tanya. Jan and I will take a definitely a reduced role. I'll be here for, we'll be there here for them. When he allows me to preach, I will do it. And, 
you know, from who he wants to use, you know. Uh, I'm not backing off. I'm making room. I'm making room. John the Baptist recognized that in order for Jesus to increase, he had to decrease. Amen. He pushed Jesus forward. He said, in relationship to himself, there is one that stands among us whose shoes are not really worthy to unloose. Now, of course, we know there is a difference between that and what happens in the natural realm and even the, the, this time, but it gives you a picture. Gives you a picture. Promotion. Promotion. John the Baptist promoted Jesus. Promoted him. You know. I, uh, I do farm, find it alarming, though, that they forgot John the Baptist. Don't follow that route. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Mark, would you want to have a song at the end here? Um, all of our story and every story has a past, it has a present, it has the future component to it. They're not divorced from one another. No. They are composite. They make up the future. So as we move forward, and we focus on life, that's before us. We will not take the path of minimizing risk. We will use wisdom. But we will get stuck if we simply use such carefulness that we minimize the risk. We will keep walking in even in the face of uncertainty and at times insecurity. We will not settle for the easy, the safe, or the status quo. We will press. And we can only do it together. We can't do it alone. We can do it together.
Hej. I'm impressed. All we've been impressed with the congregation, but I'm impressed with John Italian. This is not flattery. But I'm impressed with the insight, the use of God's word. How he handles it. And I know this is right. right. Hallelujah. So that's probably why I'm hurrying to get out of the way. Because Amen. Just want you to know how it's and out the time frame. In August, we'll take an approval vote. That's all it will be. That'll show our support. And in October, he will be full time. be a sheep in the audience. Fifty-four years. Many of you have forty years with me. As we stand today, By the way, I'm not dying.
through some of those principles as your life changes and transitions take place and you know We don't want any tens, uh, ten spies with the wrong report. Amen. Go with God.